Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, the final non-conference tune-up for Red Raider men's basketball before they hit Big 12 play, and the final go-round for college football's postseason as we know it. We brace for a brave new world. Next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, always free and available on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to be back with you getting started on a brand new year. Got a couple of things to look back on today, and we're peering once again into the crystal ball. We'll get into a college football conversation now with the bowl season for all intents and purposes over and essentially the entirety of college football's bowl postseason history leading up to now over will be changed never to be the same again as we get into an expanded college football playoff era for better or worse there will be pros there will be cons we'll chop up some of what that will look like and of course also who it will involve and where they're lining up conferences going away conferences emerging more and more programs moving across the country nothing is set in stone i think we know that so we'll get into some conversation regarding how it'll impact the Big 12 and beyond, and specifically, of course, the ones that we're interested in, the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. But let's begin our conversation on the hardwood as Grant McCaslin and the Red Raider men's basketball team wrap up the non-conference portion of their schedule with a big win over North Alabama from United Supermarkets Arena. New Year's Day win, and now we look ahead to, oh, just the Longhorns in Austin coming up in just a few days, Chris. I don't know how you're feeling about the trend or kind of the ebb and flow of this team as they wrap up non-conference play, but we've had some big margins last couple of times out. You have, I don't want to say gotten over the loss of Devin Cambridge, but you've gotten your legs back under you as a team following that big loss uh, just a few weeks ago. And so I think there's a lot to be excited about as a Tech basketball fan, but we all know Big 12 Conference, best basketball conference in the nation. And uh, here it is, knocking on your door. Yeah, I, I think a couple of statements, and they both can be true. Uh, I think you really did have a, a good non-conference portion of your schedule. I think you're playing maybe your best ball right now, uh, now that it's over. Uh, yeah, I think you've you've started to – Grant has been really big on being able to maintain and build on leads, whereas I think early on you, you, you weren't – you'd maybe get up on them and then they would – you know, you, you let them back in it and, and things like that. But I think uh, your uh, ability to kind of build and, and maintain and, and add on to uh, these leads is, I think, showing some signs that this team is really kind of starting to semi-figure it out. I mean, he's, he's really big on, you know, play each possession. You know, play, play each possession matters. It doesn't matter what the score is. Like, in, you know, it's a culture kind of thing. So I, I think uh, I think that it can be true that you had a really good non-conference portion of your schedule. And it can also be true that it doesn't really matter now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because 
you're going to go to the NCAA tournament. You're going to go. You, your your season will be judged on what happens in the next 18 games, um, or I guess 19. You're guaranteed the the, the one at least in uh, Kansas City. And yeah, I really don't know what to expect. But here's what I like about this team. And if they'll do these two things, which is going to be really hard to do, because I think they can do these things. And, and, and give themselves a chance. But there's two things that this particular team or that Grant has got them them doing so much better. Uh, and it, it is the one, th- this is going to be the harder one, but just shooting it like they've been shooting it. I mean, they shoot the three ball. Um, and as a team, they're, they're hovering around 35, 36% as a team. You've got three guys over 40%. You've and, and those two guys don't include Pop Isaacs and Joe Toussaint. So there's a lot of guys out there, you know, with McMillan and Walton and, and Darion Williams that can really uh, you know, shoot it. And and I think the you know, shooting the three is gonna have to be a part of your offensive attack. If if a night show when it shows up and and you're or you show up and you only make like three or four, I just I don't know in league play if you're going to be good enough to to get it done, especially like on the road, minus the the firepower from deep. Okay, so that's one thing. The second thing is their assist to turnover ratio lately has just been awesome, man. I mean, it's been uh, you know that's a culture thing. You had nine different players against North Alabama that recorded an assist, including your big fella Warren Washington, who I think had five assists. Uh, point guard Warren Washington, all seven foot of him. Yeah, um, but you, you're you're doing so much better as far as because this was the Achilles heel early on, just turning it over, trying to you know, and, and it was bad at home, uh, trying to do too much. Uh, but not only are you not turning it over, you're really assisting on because the you have 20 assists on 30 made buckets. And and that's that's just quality basketball, and and the fact that everybody's in on it, I think is is really fun to kind of be a part of and watch. But the eight turnovers versus North Alabama, because you've been hovering around seven or eight, that's that's big boy stuff, man. Uh, can it continue? We, we shall see. Because guess what, your shooters are on a scouting report. Everybody knows what Darion Williams where he wants to do when he gets on the block with the ball. Uh, everybody knows what shoulder that Warren Washington wants to score over. I mean, it, it's the coaching and the scouting and the pressure uh, are going to be, uh, you know, that much better every every game now. And so now it gets really, really hard. Any win you get now to be celebrated for sure. I, I was kind of wondering, it sounds like you gave me an answer there, but uh, I was kind of wondering, you know, this feeling that I have that maybe you're playing some of your best basketball right now as you hit Big 12 play, is that just based in, some of the opponents that you got, like, is that a coincidence of your timeliness and who you're playing or are you actually doing it? But it sounds like, you know, you think you're seeing uh, some of the best basketball, regardless maybe of the opponent. And it it is worth noting that in your last two games, you have won by wide margins. uh, And I think you have squeezed and, and played some of your best ball, but it's also needs to be pointed out that, uh, Lamar Wilkerson for Sam Houston, their second leading scorer did not play in that game. We found out about it right before the game started. And then Damian Forrest, uh, one of the the starters, uh, and he was a basically close to averaging a double-double. 
uh, for North Alabama. He did not play, uh, you know, on New Year's Day uh, versus Texas Tech. So neither one of the last two opponents at full strength. Now, obviously, you aren't either. But again, so as long as we have that caveat in there, knowing that, uh, you know, each team was missing a guy. But that's kind of what this season will be about. I mean, like you can't think think about your situation minus Devin Cambridge now. You can't you can't afford to lose anybody else. I mean, or, or you just it's going to be extremely difficult. Um, you know, with, with injury and, and all those things. So, and it's hard, man. You got to be durable, and you got to try to you know that's be a big Grant's biggest challenge. And Mike Neal, the trainer, keep these guys healthy. I mean, you know, uh, drink that vitamin C, bud. You know, and uh, you know, let's let's get in those ice baths and all that kind of stuff because it's a marathon, uh, and now. It, now it, it it really and these guys are going to play you know twenty five to thirty five minutes every night now, you know the, yeah. these kind of six core guys and then sprinkle in some Robert Jennings, Lamar Washington. But yeah, I think you are playing your your best hoops, and it's, it goes back to what I said earlier. You're shooting in extremely well. You are sharing and distributing as good as I've seen, and you're not turning it over. Those things equal uh, fast paced, efficient, fun basketball to watch. Man, looking forward to uh, getting down to business in the Big 12 Conference. You do open things up in Austin with the Longhorns later in the week, so we'll have plenty more this week uh, on that front as we set the table for it to get very, very real for Coach McCaslin and company. Okay, speaking of the Longhorns, their loss last night brought to a close, again, for all intents and purposes, bowl season as we know it. As we First, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel, and football is close to wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of Locked On. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place only a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. So many ways to spice up the action with FanDuel's safe, secure, and easy-to-use app. Are you really even parlaying if you're not visiting FanDuel's Parlay Hub? I doubt it. So get the fanduel.com slash locked on today. And if you're a new customer, take advantage of $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place only a $5 bet with FanDuel at fanduel.com slash locked on, official partner of the NFL. Okay, speaking of the Longhorns, their loss last night brought to a close, again, for all intents and purposes, bowl season as we know it, as we now look ahead to a national championship game, but we look back at I don't know, what, 150, 200? seems like a lifetime of this bowl season that we've gotten to experience. Once upon a time, Chris, uh, there were so many things that made sense about the way that college football ran a postseason, you know, back when you would travel to games on trains and things like that. But ever since that kind of ceased to exist and we had the internet, the ability to make a phone call coast to coast or to get news from Los Angeles to New York in a fairly quick amount of time, there were some things that didn't make so much sense. So, Probably depends on your age in large part as to how sentimental you are about some of these things, but it's kind of a wild time within the college football postseason. And speaking personally, I'm not sentimental about these things. I was more frustrated in the way that college football, specifically the FBS subdivision, uh, goes about determining a champion. They're the only ones that have done it the way that they've done it, basically formerly saying, well, We'll play a couple of high-profile games. The media will decide via these polls who we're going to crown as a national champ. Maybe sometimes we'll split one. Anyway, the season's over. That's it. Deal with it. Then we get to the computer era. Hey, we're going to give you two teams. They're going to play one game. We're going to tell you that's the best of the best. And then, again, after 100-plus years and their infinite wisdom, they say, let's actually have a tournament like everyone else. Okay, we got five, 
major conferences. Four spots. Let's go with four spots, guys. This will be great. So we've gotten about a decade's worth of a taste of that. Now we are expanding. I personally don't believe the expansion is over at 12, and I'm also rooting for it to not be over at 12. I think more is better for me as a college football fan. But how are you feeling, man, as we're about to enter a brave new world? And we'll get to some of what that will involve as far as the league, the team we cover, is going to be competing in and who else might be a part of that in the future. But here we sit at the precipice of another unknown, but something that seems like, again, just in my opinion, a win for the fan, which is nowhere on the list of priorities when they make these decisions. I get it, but I do actually think there's going to be some wins for college football fan bases here. How are you uh, viewing this thing as we sit here looking off kind of into the crystal ball, trying to figure out what's going to actually happen? Yeah, the the postseason I think is is flawed right now. Uh, it was we we watched it up close. I mean the the, the opt outs, the the portal entries, the I mean it, you know because in some ways people are pointing the finger and making fun of Florida State, but in some ways you all you know, I don't know if you feel sorry for them, but it, that that was bad TV, and it this is supposed to be entertainment. And, and like the, the there's the, it affected so many bowls like just you know all of those things and then you have obviously the uh, the 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 playoff that is set to expand. I don't know you know it, it's funny you asked me that because I don't know what to expect next year. Um, I I really don't know. I, I think that the 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 expanded playoff it's going to affect like the 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 bowl system. Uh, I think it, th those bowl games are important. Uh, and 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 they will, you know, most of them will will uh, remain. I just don't know though when. I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know if they adjust accordingly because of opt outs and portal. If they can tweak the rules, I mean, I've I've even st seen stuff like to try to help the the bowl game situation out. Can can we get it get to a place where the bowl game pays these kids to play in it? Can we get into a situation where we, you know, embrace the craziness of eating an edible mascot after the game is over <laughs> or the mayo bath um, and all that? Because the ratings for some of those were extremely high. Yeah. So the the, the crazier the the gimmick, uh, the, the more that people tuned in. I mean, you know, it's almost like minor league baseball or like the Savannah banana, you know, kind of phenomenon. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, but it, it's like, cause I mean, you, you're tuning into some of these games and it's like, you know, and we, we cover it and are pretty close to just the sport and paying attention to it. It's like, I don't know who's playing, you know? I mean, I talked to a, one of the big 12 radio announcers the morning of, of when his team was playing a game and he's like, I don't have any concept as to who play who is playing against us tonight. Like coaches don't know, we don't know. We're just kind of, you know, you're building your spotting boards, and it's kind of like you just get out there and warm up. So I'm like, okay, you, you know. So that part bothers me. Um, but the expanded playoff, uh, you know, does this does this create more interest in the end of the regular season because this many more teams are involved? There's a lot more meaningful football being played. Uh, it, you know. It, in November or October, um, you know, in the big 12, you know, obviously will be guaranteed. You think, unless they pull the rug out from you, uh, you, the big 12 will be guaranteed a, a playoff spot. Um, you know, and so anyway, it, it's going to be kind of fascinating. I will really embrace and enjoy that part of it. 
I don't think that it will necessarily end opt-outs or guys transferring, but you know, we're going to get meaningful football before Christmas. You're still going to get your your playoffs and semifinals and quarterfinals and all this business around the new year. And then, you know, the national championship game though is not going to I think in 25 for the 24 season, it's not played till like January the 20th. Really? I'm, I yes. haven't considered that. Yeah. Yeah. So it it, it is, it, and and that's part of like when you mentioned Cowan the the expansion not being done. That's part of what you're battling is the calendar. You know, you to to have more, you have to have more. Do you start the season earlier? Do you give more buys in the deal? I mean, you know, because it's and then the, the the big knock is well. Teams that end up playing all the way through it, I mean, are you really going to ask these kids to play 16, 17, 18 games? You know, I mean, it's hard enough to get them to play 12 to 13 or 14, you know. So, anyways, but, yeah, I, I'm I'm, I'm ready for the change. Um, you know, we've been kind of marinating on it for a while now. And so, yeah. I guess, but, yeah, here we go. It remains great television inventory, oh, yeah. all the non-playoff uh, bowl games. Very lightly attended for the most part. Um, in some cases, certainly when you get beyond or below a certain national on a bowl game, very lightly attended, but there's still great TV inventory for ESPN and the sponsors and yada, yada, yada. There are some things, if you care at all about the non-playoff bowls, which I'm pretty iffy on, but if you do and you want to see solutions there, there are some things that strike me poorly about this supposed to be, this is supposed to be like a fitting culmination to a season and some type of reward, yet like Texas Tech's example, we got to go to Shreveport uh, to play in front of like the smallest crowd of the year and maybe the biggest TV crowd of the year. I don't know, but smallest in-person crowd, I think, of the year for Texas Tech. Maybe an exclusion there for Cal because, well, they don't even show up for a regular season game anyway. But for Texas Tech, for a lot of Power 5 teams, you go play in front of 35, 40,000 people. You're like, well, you know, we've got 20,000 more than this most weekends back in the LBK. So there's something about that. I don't really like, I don't know how you fix that. I don't know if there is a fix, but they're not going away because the TV inventory is just too valuable for ESPN. Still opting out of games that don't involve any potential path to a championship. I don't know how you're going to fix that either, other than maybe just make a few more tough-minded individuals. And sometimes it does come down to that to me. I know they're making business decisions, but come on. Boys are afraid to play another four quarters of football. I get hindsight as this if you're injured or whatever, but like the patting on the back of the guys that show up now on the sideline, like, oh, Caleb Williams, what a great look at him. He actually went to the sideline. He actually <laughs> went to the game. Real, really going above and beyond. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, spare me. Give me a break. But as far as the actual competition for a championship, this only improves, I think, Chris. And it will actually, in my opinion, it's just a prediction. We'll see if it happens. But I think that will alleviate some of those high-profile opt-outs for those teams that are involved in any way, shape, or form in the tournament that has a path to a championship. How do you figure in group of five involvement after Liberty gets waxed? I've always been uncomfortable with like reserving such a big amount of real estate for a group of five champion. If it's only four, hell no. If it's only six or eight, hell no. Twelve, I guess. Sixteen, all right, fine. We'll see what happens. But I've always had some beef with that, but you know what? Some of the things that I really thought were pipe dreams forever, we're actually going to get, which is an expanded playoff to a real number, not just another, okay, six or maybe 6.5 or eight. We're going to get some on-campus action, which I think, again, I'm going to check that off as a win for fan bases. 
re just remind yourself they don't care about you, the consumer or the fan, when they make these decisions. They care more about like a bowl exec's ability to plan a cruise in the offseason or whatever. But you actually, I believe, are going to be a winner in this situation. We got it coming to campus. So I love that. So, you know, again, it's taken 125 years or whatever, but maybe we're getting closer and closer <laughs> to something that does actually make sense and will be good for the fans and for those college towns. Like, I hate to deprive New Orleans or Atlanta, Georgia of another economic opportunity. But, you know, how about Lubbock, Texas or Stillwater, Oklahoma or some of these great college towns as well who maybe could benefit from some of that? And maybe I'm getting out over my skis thinking Lubbock, Texas is going to host a college football playoff game. But let's dream no little dreams. So there's a lot to like. There's still a lot to figure out. But I know people are going to be beefing about all oh, this. We already saw Nick Saban making a comment yesterday after the game. Oh, it diminishes the bowl games. The bowl games are diminished. Like it lays it the feet of the participants or us or somebody like, dude, it's the system that diminishes the ball. It's those games being diminished. Like taking two teams to Idaho to play in the potato bowl is what diminishes that. It's not our fault that you're not going to get 60,000 people to travel up there. So is there a fix? I don't know. But as long as it remains valuable TV inventory, I don't think those are going away. Like if people are scared, they're going to become extinct or something. I don't think they're going away. I think that's overwrought. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it looks like next year, like the, the the other bowls and everything like that. I think they're going to have to adjust the dates and the times because these playoff games, I, I believe, are going to get exclusive windows. And so, you know, that that's a full Saturday before Christmas that they've stacked quadruple header and, and all that on and everything. You're going to have to move, move those around. So, I just think there's a place for them. I think it's different. I think everybody, every coach is going to have an opinion on how flawed the system is. I just don't know what the the best answer or solution is because everybody's going to complain and ha have a have a point to make. But um, you know, and this is why you, you mentioned the the lighter crowds. This is always why the the, the bowls are you know they always try to hug a regional team as best they can to kind of carry the attendance aspect of it. You know, I, I don't know what we're looking at. I guess we'll find out fairly soon, you know, when, when, when we get into 2024 here, kind of what, what next December and January looks like, but yeah, change is coming. And, and obviously your league is, uh, and, and we still are looking for a league schedule. Uh, I think, uh, I think that is, is going to be, uh, that is imminent uh, on when you'll get that. I think I, and define imminent. Well, Chris, I'm not real sure what imminent um, would mean in this case. Is that in a matter of hours or a couple of, uh, you know, three to five weeks or just one week? I don't know, you know, but yeah, I think we're going to get something along those lines very soon. But uh, yeah, been been a, been a wild end to a season. But uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what next one looks like. Address those things that involve a path to a championship. Get that right first. And then we'll deal with eating life-size Cheez-Its and Pop-Tarts and all those things afterwards. They're still going to be there and somebody's still going to want to broadcast them. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. But get the path to a championship, the competition for a championship solved first. And I hope we never have to hear again, a regular season is our playoff. Except for that weekend against Nichols State. <laughs> Don't look at that weekend. Um, anyway, okay. Let's wrap this up, Chris, with something that I know is maybe not going to generate quite as much interest when it comes down to like courtroom proceedings. But when it comes down to what conferences are still going to exist, 
that's always generating interest. And one thing that came to pass whenever the uh, final buzzer sounded between Georgia and Florida State was not that the war is now over. No, the war is now beginning as Florida State is going to lead this charge against, you know, grant of rights restrictions and things like that as it relates to the ACC. We won't get into all these legal weeds, but these things are going to come to fruition sooner rather than later as far as some resolution there. And who's sitting out there saying, I don't know, are we done? The Big 12 Conference. The Big 10, the SEC, the Big 12 Conference are the best positioned, obviously, to exist as they are intact now into the future. Can the ACC pull something off and remain? I certainly wouldn't rule it out. I don't know, but it will depend on some of their, uh, I don't know, kinsmanship, so to speak. Do they really want to be together? Are they looking for the best seat? Yada, yada, yada. But Chris, one of these probably, just like the Pac-12, going the way of the Dodo Bird. The ACC is up next on the chopping block. And in all, I guess, large part, I see it somewhat similarly to the Pac-12 in that they've fired a lot of bullets out of their gun already, you know, with networks and conference championship games. And they haven't gotten so much into the expansion portion of it, though you go back, you know, decades earlier. And uh, they actually got busy on some of those fronts, picking apart the Big East a little bit uh, in an era gone by. But, man, it is wild to think about where we have come from, isn't it? Whenever Texas, Oklahoma announced their departure or it's leaked, that they're going to be uh, leaving the Big 12 Conference. And somehow we sit here again with some things that we predicted coming to fruition. Pac-12 crumbling, gone. Big 12 set up to pluck some of those four corners. It's happened. Now what's next to go and what's next to be plucked? I don't know, but the Big 12 is going to be involved again. Are they not? I feel pretty securely about that. It certainly appears so, um, but yeah, you have uh, you have an uh, you know I think multiple ACC members that are very disgruntled. Uh, there's just one that's being really really loud at the party. Uh, that is Florida State. Uh, they are uh, they're playing every card that they can, uh, explaining how frustrated they are with ACC membership. And so I, I don't know how the ACC plays out uh, because there's not exactly. Um, you know, you know, unanimous uh, thinking uh, along the lines of, yeah, this is what we want to do, guys, you know, because I don't, we is a bit tricky um, right. as Florida State is being, like I said, uh, they're, 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 I mean, and, and here's the thing about, because, you know, and, and we haven't really touched on it on this show, but, you know, Florida State, man, they, they were left out of the playoff, uh, but then they've had all these emergency board meetings. They've made them public. They're suing. I think they're suing the ACC. The ACC has in turn got something going toward Florida State, and it's it's all very public and very out there. And people are like, "We this grant of rights is not. You can't hold us to this." You know all these things, and the ACC is like, "Well, guys, you you didn't have a problem with it for the first you know, however many years you were in this league, why, why now? Like, what's the deal? And, you know, um, you're now hearing that there is no TV contract for the ACC past, like, uh, I think it's 26 or 27, <laughs> even though the grant of rights is in effect till like 30, 2035. Um, and, and, and all the while, I'm like, I don't know if the Big Ten or the SEC are like raising your hands like, come on, guys, get out of there. We want you. Right. Um, because it's being widely reported that if if all free agents like North Carolina would be the 
would be the one that both leagues would really love to add for a, a variety of reasons. Um, and then there's Clemson sitting there as well. So I'm kind of – I'm not real sure. Now, does the Big 12 factor in some sort of uh, ACC expansion? I, I think anybody that's saying that is out to lunch, personally. Uh, I think that there's not any extra money there. I think pro rata shares and all those things – you know, with the 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 Big Twelve uh, ended at sixteen, I think that you know, would you try to have a conversation with a Florida State or somebody if they wanted? But I mean, come on, do, do we think like any sane person? Do we honestly think that Florida State wants to join a league that Central Florida just joined? Okay, one and two. Part of their lawsuit is is like, look what y'all just added: ACC, SMU, Cal. Um, and, and Stanford, they all took less. What a boneheaded decision this was. That's how much interest there was in these guys, and y'all took them. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so I mean, I was gonna SMU's taking that. zero, as a matter it, of fact. Exactly. Yeah. And so, but but yeah, we, we think Florida State's gonna want to sign up and and be a part of a, a, a league or take less and all that. So I don't know where it plays out. I don't really think the Big 12 is factored into the expansion part anymore, the realignment part, but I do think they're factored in the future automatic bid type conversations. Yes. But I think a lot of those conversations are going to, to continue and the TV contracts for these playoffs are going to be contingent upon how everybody agrees, but who is everybody? You know, yes, yeah, indeed, the kinsmanship factor, which in college sports there is none of, I suppose, for the most part, and that's well, and for some reason why we've uh, gotten to the point that we have gotten. Follow the money, everyone. How did we know years ago that the Pac-12 was going to crumble and was no safe haven for like the hateful aid of the Big Twelve? Uh, because USC's third tier rights, they're making about as much as Kansas State off of that, trailing Texas and OU by fifteen and twenty million. That wasn't going to last, and that was known many, many years ago, well before the UTOU departure uh, from the Big 12 Conference. So where do we follow the money here to the ACC? And I'm glad you mentioned Central Florida. They're going to be making more than Florida State in a year to come very soon. I think 25-26, if not 24-25. You think the Seminoles are going to stand by and just allow that to happen? Absolutely not. So can the ACC come up with a way to solve that? I don't know. If they don't, then the conference is going to fall apart. Why would uh, Florida State join a league that UCF just joined to make as much as UCF is making possibly is the answer, even though that is a wild, wild thought to consider. But, man, can't wait for what should be a really interesting offseason, and there's no question about it. The Big 12 has positioned themselves via whatever path uh, to how we've gotten here. They've positioned themselves possibly, I think, still to seek some future membership because there's more than just Florida State and Clemson that makes up the oh, ACC, yeah. man, some interesting names going to be out there to be bandied about. And uh, we'll be here to bandy back and forth all the while. A lot of hoops on our mind this week, so stick with us. And also going to get into some best of 2023 on a football front, reviewing what went down and what we like the most about that calendar a season ago as we get set for a wild and woolly 2024. Chris, appreciate the time as always, man. Enjoyed it. And uh, we'll be back to do it again tomorrow. Happy 2024, people. Hope everybody was uh, safe and uh, another good year on the way, man. Uh, keep hope alive, everybody. And subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. For Chris, I'm Casey, and we hope to see you back here for the next round on Locked On Texas Tech. <laughs>